This is your USA Profiles. I'm your host, Abigail Jacobs, joined on this episode by Jessica Hernandez, owner of Nisia's Accessories. Listen in as we share old Turtle Island theater stories, learn about how she found her way to becoming a local entrepreneur with a global reach, and how she's bringing positivity through creativity with community challenges and the 215 Project. Today, we are featuring the small business profile on local entrepreneur Jessica Hernandez. She is the boss lady of beads in Ganawage at Nisia Accessories. And uh, we're going to learn a little bit about you. Hi, Jess. Hi, Abby. Thank you for joining me today. I'm excited to learn about you. And the best way to start is finding out who are you, if you can tell us a bit about yourself and your family. Well, I've been living here in Ganawage since I was, I believe, eight. I was originally born in Brooklyn, New York. My mother is originally from Ganawage, and my dad was from Brooklyn, New York. So I lived there for the first few years of my life until they split and we moved here. But I think at this point, I've lived the majority of my life here in Ganawage. I went to Cattery School, graduated, went to KSS, graduated from KSS, did two years at John Abbott. You know, my love of theater. So I <laughs> um, did some theater at John Abbott and then I just became an adult and started the work life. <laughs> That's cool. I never knew you did theater at John Abbott. Yeah. Nice. Um, actually, uh, myself and Brittany LeBourne were actually able to do one year together because she's a year younger than me. Yeah. So it was nice that we were in the same class for a whole year. Cool. Yeah. So uh, you grew up. The first, like you said, you moved here to Ganawagi when you were eight, but growing up in Brooklyn, do you have any like memories of growing up in Brooklyn? And, and Oh yeah, for sure. Because even after moving here, all through my childhood and adolescence, I was always there in the summers. Mm -hmm. I was always there on holidays. So it was like back and forth. You know how a lot of times it's opposite. Yeah. So for me, I was over there. There's just a lot of memories, a lot of family going out around Brooklyn, going on all the tours. Cool. My father was, he was somebody who knew all these places, right? He used to be a UPS driver when he was like in his 20s. So oh, he knew, epic. yeah, he could get you anywhere. And he'd be like, this is where this was filmed. This was, this. <laughs> yeah, every time we were driving around, it was something else. So he obviously hit work during the week. So in the summers, I remember he would sit there and say, family meeting. What are we doing this weekend? And we would go to the Great Adventure, okay. the one in New Jersey. We'd make plans to go to New Hampshire for a week. He would take us all over the place, though. That's like really fond memories I had. Nice. Um, so that was up until he got sick when I was 14. Okay. So he became sick with leukemia when I was 14 and died oh, when wow. I was 16. So, oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I never knew that. Um, what? I always knew you from how I met you and know you. And as you mentioned, your love of musical theater. Because when you were here in town and growing up, you were part of the drama camp crew. <laughs> yeah, I'm an OG member. <laughs> we always, it's funny when we get together, like myself, Brittany, Kyle, or John D or somebody, like if we see each other or we're at a community meeting or something, I know I'm always like, oh, the OGs. <laughs> and uh, I know like for all the different shows that you had done, one of the ones that I always, uh, <laughs> the stories that I loved was, was it Fiddler on the Roof? <laughs> you know what I'm going for here. Yeah, when you were, were you you, were, you had like a fever or something. Mm -hmm. You were sick that night and you still went on the show must go on. Well, here's the thing. I used to get sick the week before every show. 
And for some reason, it was always when I had a really big role. So, you know, you rehearse and, you know, rehearsals take up, consume your life. Yeah. When it was two weeks before, it's like nonstop, nonstop, full play, morning to night. So I became very sick and I had asked, I had asked Frayn if I could take the night off just to rest because we were opening and I didn't think I could sing. Like my voice was shot. You know, you're trying to belt out these ballads and... Like you had a solo. I had solos. Yes. (laughs) So he was like, no, you cannot. Like, you know how it was. They were like not playing. You do not ask to take time off. So... I came in and we were sick and during John D, <laughs> he had this big solo. Everybody was frozen on the stage, right? Yes. So he's singing this big thing. And the way he unfreezes is he would spin me around. I was at like this pretend bar. Yep. And kiss me. And that's how the scene, like everybody woke up. I started to have a coughing fit during his song in the dark. You're and, supposed to be frozen. Yeah, and I'm trying to hold it in, which is making me nauseous. Oh no. And I end up throwing up. So Kevin, the director, is he's got these prop steins, beer yeah. steins, and he he was pretending to be a bartender where I was standing, grabbed it, and I was throwing up in the cup. Oh my god. He's trying to get water from backstage, and all of a sudden John D grabs me, spins me around, and kisses me. Oh <laughs> not knowing any of this. So And this is live theater, like not a rehearsal. Not a rehearsal, live theater. But I have to say it was karma because when we were rehearsing, as you know, and uh, no, it wasn't Filler on the Roof. It was Oliver. Oh, it was Oliver. So during rehearsals, Bill Sykes kills Nancy, Mm -hmm. which were our characters. It's this whole thing with like domestic abuse. Right. So it was like really serious while we were pretend like he was pretend beating me up and he slapped me across the face for real (gasps) by mistake. Oh, no. Like, wow. There you, know? you go. Yep. Karma. <laughs> so I said it was karma. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's always stories with everybody. I know I you get together with a group of us and there'll be so many backstage rehearsal stories that yes. are just insane. And you still have that passion, right? Like you're still part of the Turtle Island Theater yeah. board. Yeah. And uh, working on on bringing that flair and that that magic back into the community. For I hold kids. on to that magic. Yeah. I'm. So afraid that we've lost generation now. Yeah. Breaks my heart. Um, (laughs) But I still have that passion and it's in my heart that I know when it comes time, like I will advocate to have that because, I mean, we have children and for them not to have that breaks my heart. (laughs) Right. And you you have a son and a daughter Mm -hmm. and they're like, I mean, and your son is like a Lego master. And I mean, we were just talking uh, off off episode (laughs) about (laughs) your daughter and doing baseball and things. But I mean, to say like, we could have had this for our kids. We Mm got to, you know, drum it back up and everything. So. Well, she is completely me. (laughs) If you remember me from when I was little, she's like, she loves to join everything. She watches the, she watches musicals with me. She's like, knows all the words. Like I'll have the Hamilton cast album on and she's singing um, Jonathan Groff's part. You know, (laughs) you'll be back. And she's like, da, 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 da. Awesome. Yeah. It's, she's, she's a mini me. And my son has an appreciation. He doesn't, he never wants to be on stage. (laughs) But if I ask him, he will watch stuff with me. So I think it's there. I always see him as being, if 
he had the opportunity, he would be backstage doing like the lights and that, you know, there was always the crew doing, doing that, that didn't want to be on stage. No, he'll be the techie guy and the the props and the set builder and all that. There's always something to do. And, um, then, you know, your, your creative energy and all this kind of stuff. And you became a mama and what got you into starting your own business? Because now we have Nisia's and that is Named after your daughter? Yeah. So first off, my daughter's name is, her English name is Nisia. Cool. We call her Yewadzira Nirats, which is her Ganyagaha name, Mm -hmm. first and foremost. But her, I wanted to give her an English name, something that would represent, I'm very much into like honoring our ancestors, our grandparents. So her name is basically his grandmother and my grandmother's name put together. Oh, cool. Yeah. So his grandmother was Bernice. Okay. And mine was Alicia. Nice. So it's Nisia. Grandmothers are like the strength of our family. Mm-hmm. You know, they hold us together. And Yewudzirinirats means like she strengthens the family. Nice. Or as Jodakwate would say, she strengthens the family fire. So, and she's a spitfire. Like she's so strong and so independent. She so fits who... She like her name is. So that's why it's called Nisia's Accessories. And when I started beating, I was pregnant for her. So I was nesting. I did everything I was supposed to. And I was like, what next? You know, <laughs> now the weight. So I start and I've always wanted to bead. My aunts had a store, Q&D's. OK. So I grew up around beads and everything. I was always very crafty, like putting stuff together. I never got to take like the art classes in high school because I was good at math. So they kind of streamed me that way. But I always wanted to. I never just had the opportunity. So I just got the beads and I got on the Internet Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I started to do like brick stitch and things like that. The bead around earrings I would see. You know, I just wanted to make like cool jewelry. And then after I had her, they had classes to make moccasins. And I said, okay, "Okay, well, this is the next step. Right. So I went to the cultural center and did Merit Cross, her class with moccasins. And if you could learn off anybody, my God, she's the best. (laughs) It Um, is like a fight and a a long line of wait to get into her classes. eh? (laughs) That was the only class I ever took. Everything else I kind of went on a whim. Like mm-hmm. once you kind of have the basics, you can kind of put anything together in my mind. Yeah. Maybe it's just me. I Get don't know. your own style though, yeah. right? When I was out of CJEP, I started working in bars and mm. stuff. So I went back to work at the Edgewater, which turned into turn four <laughs> after my daughter was a little bit older. And I was there for a few years. And I, uh, I mean, I love to entertain people. Yeah. I love to serve and, you know... To be social and... Social, but customer service is so important to me when you're working, right? Oh, yeah. So if I'm somewhere and I'm working, my customers, like their experience is really important to me. And I just didn't know what I wanted to do next. And I felt like I was stuck being at a bar, you know, and knowing like how alcohol abuse and drug abuse is kind of linked to that and our history with trauma. Mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to get out of it. For sure. But all I ever really wanted to do was theater. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Okay. You know, so I started looking into, you know, different things. And I had opened an Etsy shop early when I had first started beating. So I kind of focused on that, you know, um, finding hard to find bead supplies because when you're beading, mm-hmm. 
you're you're doing research and you're looking at things and people are using some of the like coolest like findings or embellishments beads and where the heck do you get that right so yep. i would do research and i would find it and little by little i was growing inventory you know and i would try to market that way like you know hard well, to find stuff and especially when like <laughs> If you're looking online for things, and this is the hard part that I find is where it's like, I'm doing a project and I just, I really want these two cool little shiny jewel things for my earrings, but you have to get it in a pack of 50 or yeah. a pack of a hundred. So yeah, you end up building up this inventory, yeah. right? So I kind of was starting to do that and I was doing the powwow trail. So you also see a lot of regalia and little things oh, that yeah. people are using. You're meeting people along the way and everybody's always asking, do you have a store? Yeah. You know? And it's like, I guess I could do this. You know, I think I could do this. Like, I'm a very open person. I'm not shy to talk to people. Like, so I started to plan. I mean, it's years of planning, right? I didn't know how I was going to do it without getting myself into immense debt. I didn't want to mm. open something and, and not know what I was doing and just be a whole big mess of something, you know? Yeah. And taking that leap. Yeah. Because you can't invest You can't. Be too big right away because you're you're risking a lot. So I took my time. I continued to work. I created, uh, continued to get people like networking friends from different reserves. Like I've never had so many different friends from other places before, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's nice to be like, go somewhere and be like, hey, Jess, or I, I can't believe you're here. Like, it's a really good feeling. So towards the end of my employment at turn four, mm -hmm. I had noticed that Dewuduni Zakta put out a flyer for this new program called ACE. Okay, yes. Um, Achieving Concrete Essentials it was, but basically it was learning how to start a business. Nice. And it was a job. So you're hired to learn and create a business, you know, and they're going to give you all these essential tools. Like and you're making perfect, a salary yeah, while you're doing it. Yeah, how perfect is that to do that and be able to leave the job that you're really not liking anymore? Yeah. To do something that you're more passionate about now. So it was kind of, you know, I, I took a I took a chance because I was a little bit older. I think I was 34. Okay. And it said 25. So I had a message. I'm like, listen, I'm like, I'm a little bit older, but I really want to do this. And yeah. they're like, no, no, it's on there, but we're accepting everybody's application. Good. So they picked, I believe there was 14 of us in the first cohort. And we ended up doing a intense, intense business course through uh, Nova. Okay. That was paired up with the program. And then we went into Duramaz and began opening Duramaz. Yeah. So this was, you were on the ground floor of getting Duramaz yeah. Yeah. up and running. So I was more in charge of, I think, overseeing kind of mediating everybody because I was older. Okay. And there was 14 very different, very creative people. I also helped start creating a drink menu because that was my background and I would help out in little areas, but I had to leave suddenly. Um, my father-in-law had passed away. So I had, I had taken two weeks off, I believe. Okay. In the midst of all that. And when yeah. I came back, it was like already up and running and kind of like, I felt like I missed a lot. Oh, but at the same time as you were doing this course and doing all of this, you're still running your Etsy shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But and so but that all goes into play, right? Like I mean, and everything that you do and I find as as I get older at least, I realize how many things actually can fit into play like on a resume kind of thing. You know, like yeah. like on your resume or in your in your experience bank as far as building up your own confidence 
to continue doing these things, even though you think you're not really like, well, I'm not ticking in the hours. Yeah. But when you look back at it, you still were. Yeah. And even though, yeah, like even though, you know, things happen in life and you have to take off time, you're still experiencing and learning and, and still running this business on the side. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard because when you like become an adult, like obviously when you're younger, most people have dreams, right? Set. Yeah. This is what I want to do. For a lot of people that doesn't pan out. And there's like an awkward period where you feel like, where the heck do I go now? (laughs) You know, where do I go? What's next for me? Like, what can I do that's going to make me happy? Because I knew from a very young age, I didn't want to sit at a desk answering phones. I would probably be awesome at it because I'm very friendly, but I didn't want to do that. Yeah, I wanted to be hands on. I wanted to be creative. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. (laughs) But you just had to find what it was. And nothing against (laughs) anybody that does that. Like they, they run the, the, they run this community, you know, people that are admins are doing all that work, mm-hmm. HR, but that just was never something I wanted to do. And I could never be like a nurse or a doctor. I just experienced too much younger with like my dad having cancer and all that, that right. I just didn't want to be there. That was yeah. not. So there wasn't many options of me. Like, what am I going to do now? And being in business, like for yourself, being your own boss, like that was very appealing. For sure. And especially being a mom of two children, knowing I can set my own schedule. Yes. I can do this yes. whenever I need to, whenever I have time on my own terms. Yes. And it's so important to me to be there for them because I was out at nights bartending till like yeah. 3.30 in the morning. I would get home four o'clock. And that's okay when you're younger, right? Like, and I mean, even when you're older though, if that's the kind of, of schedule that you're used to, but when things change, you got to roll with the changes. It's okay, but it's rough. Yeah. It's rough that you're um, getting to bed at 4, 4.30, having to get children up for school the next day Oof. and being like totally out of it. You yeah. know, I just, I didn't want that for them. Certain things about the way I grew up and things that I've seen, I just, I didn't want them to experience that. I wanted them to have two solid parents at home that weren't, they weren't seeing alcohol or anything like that. Oh, I just yeah. wanted them to have a clean upbringing. Yeah. That was like important to me. So going the route of business kind of was, I realized, ding, that's it. That's, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And that must be such a cool thing for your kids. And I mean, even just for me to see that, to see knowing you growing up with you and seeing you do this, it's an inspiration. It really is. And especially, um, knowing these community projects that you've been doing too. Like we faced (laughs) not just for business, but for everybody around the world, obviously, you know, it's 2021 and we're getting on the tail end of hopefully COVID, you know, it seems to be moving on the world, but we just had one heck of a year and you helped a lot for us to get through it. I picked up a needle and some beads and I tried my hand at beading because of these community challenges that you put through. So thank you. (laughs) First of all, just personally, um, I never finished mine though. (laughs) Well, I think the point was more for you to keep yourself busy. Yeah. The end goal wasn't necessarily the goal. The goal Mm -hmm. was to keep people active. So doing ACE, we learned a lot about social enterprises and giving back. Cool. And it's hard in my line of business to kind of figure out where I could do that, Hmm. you know, and I'm always one for helping others and motivating others. 
and inspiring others because I do know like I always knew I have a drive in me to do certain things, but I know not everybody's like that. So how can I get people who are having a, a very hard time, who are struggling with being alone? You mm-hmm. know, I was fortunate to be in a home with my kids, my family, my mother-in-law, but some people, they, they went through COVID by themselves. Like, yeah. how scary is that? <laughs> So I just said, you know what, we can't go through another month of lockdown without giving people something to do. And hopefully in that people will see a light Mm -hmm. and they'll come through it in a good frame of mind. And that was my only goal was to give some, like I said, something for people to do. And a positive, proactive of course. And that's that's also what theater taught me, right? Mm-hmm. It gives you, gives you something positive to do. Yeah. Anybody can do it. Anybody can go there. You would never be turned away. It was something positive to keep you motivated. And it also benefited you because it showed you all these different life skills. Mm-hmm. So I think... I had a good background because of that. Like it all goes back <laughs> always. <laughs> and so with your with your challenges, your quarantine challenges, you got beaters who were young. I mean, I know my nieces, my my youngest nieces, they're uh, 10 now. They were nine doing the challenge. My niece, who's nine years old, was the only one in our whole family to complete. <laughs> she has <Her> drive. <laughs> <laughs> and she ripped that thing up <laughs> so many times. She's like, no, I don't like this. And, you know, doing it over and teaching perseverance. And But young beaters, old beaters, like women who have been beating for ages. We or, had 80 plus, I think. But we also had families. Yes. Whole families, like men and women. So cool. Fathers, grandfathers that were beating. Yeah. You know, and not just being you had cookie submissions Mm -hmm. and uh, quilts, paddles, embroidery, painting. There was like across the board, there were purses. Yeah. You know. Oh, I loved that when uh, like some of the community members did it as picture frames or Mm -hmm. purses, you know, because you had just like you had put out this design. The first one was and now it's on the new mugs and T-shirts and things, too. You know, it's kind of it's going to be one of those things that the design It's literally going to go down in history. Yeah. And I had said, because a lot of people asked to interview me after that, I was like, oh, my God, like, I didn't realize (laughs) that big. Um, I had said, you know, looking down the road there, you know, we see beadwork now that was from hundreds of years ago. You know, there was the Tuscaroras who went to market in uh, Niagara Falls or our grandmothers who sold their beadwork, you know, wherever they were. You can tell you see the years on the beadwork or it says Gunawage, Niagara Falls, whatever it says. You know, there's a story behind it. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to see these pieces and there's going to be a story behind it. And I think that's so interesting. You know, 100 years from now, the people that are going to be doing this. Yep. And going back to theater, I was just in the car listening to the Hamilton album. (laughs) And they were right at the the final song was uh, Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story, right? Hmm. And I'm thinking about that, you know, that's like this beadwork's going to tell my story later down the road. So... It's kind of cool. It's definitely cool because you had submissions coming in, like we said, a very variety of ages, but even like from other communities. What Mm -hmm. do you think was probably the farthest submission? Do you know? Mm -hmm. I would have to look through everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But I know, and you have, like you mentioned, doing the powwow trail and having your Etsy shop. Like you have support across Indian country, as they say, right? You have Turtle Island. Um, If you go on my Facebook page, which was started back in 2012. Yeah. I have 14,000 people on there, like 
the reach can get like when something's really popular on my page, the reach can really go far without even having to like um, boost a post or something Whoa. like that, you know. And I don't even, I don't even know half the people, you know, <laughs> like there's people commenting. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, you don't know where they're from. Yeah. You're not my auntie. Yeah. Because <laughs> you you're so used just... to seeing the regular customers around here that you forget. And to tell you the truth, during COVID, when we first closed in March, mm-hmm. I think I was home for a week and then I started getting messages. So I knew like they had said that um, online sales and e-commerce was okay. Yeah. You know, so I went back in the store. I locked myself in because people were trying to come in. There was people looking for cigarettes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So I was getting mass messages and I can't I couldn't hire help to come in to help me with messages. Right. People needed supplies to stay home. Yeah. So I had packages like this that I was shipping out like from me to maybe like my my belly button wow you know like huge boxes yeah, every day and i was so overwhelmed because <sighs> i'm trying to get to all these messages you know and get them what they need trying to get inventory and then the, the shops are closed like you know my wholesale suppliers are closed oh. or uh, they're not shipping out or there's a delay and i'm like oh my god you know it was it was kind of insane yeah like being in the store trying to get this all done and people are like I had put a box outside with hand sanitizer and wipes and it's like you have to go online circle what you want send the e-transfer and I'll put it in a bag for you yeah you know so it was a really good honor system that's for sure well I, I was there though I didn't leave anything out there without being there but I mean I always I I'm gonna admit I wondered as I was like driving up the street like hmm, I wonder if there's any goodies in Mises, but no when I was gone everything came in but it was it was a different way of doing business I, I have to tell you it was interesting but it kept me busy you know so I have to thank all my customers for that for keeping me sane yep for sure <laughs> we all helped each other right <laughs> yeah <laughs> um the designs that you did because like like I said I tried my hand at the paddle and when I went in to get beads I kind of talked to you a bit about it your designs that you're putting out one of uh, the third challenge was in honor of uh, a young community member who left us mm-hmm. due to suicide um, that one was for Lexi and that was a beautiful design. And now they're all so poignant and they all have such uh, great inspiration. And now you're working with the originally the 215 project. Mm-hmm. And um, how how did that start for you? How is that going? Because we reach so many people with the isolation challenges and then with the news breaking out with the 215 Kamloops residential school victims mm-hmm. I had a heavy heavy heart for maybe two weeks straight I I woke up in the morning and it was on me you mm-hmm. know it was hard and I was like you know you're talking to everybody how are you feeling like and they're feeling this heaviness and I'm like I, I felt like it was my mission I have to do something you know but what can I do and it's still not clear what we're going to be doing with them hmm. I know um KOR reached out Lisa Phillips, and yeah. they, they want to display them. But in the end goal, what we're going to do at the end, it's still up in the air. We have some ideas. But okay. my thought is these babies have to be brought home, right? Mm-hmm. But they need shoes to go home in. Yeah. Christy Belcourt had did walking with our sisters and they had all the vamps, right? I didn't want to do that. That was her thing, mm-hmm. you know, and that's her her project. But I wanted to do something to reach people, even if it was just 215 beaters coming together. 
but we got way more people that wanted to, and I didn't have any more numbers to give out. <laughs> and trying to organize that by myself, it's 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 a little bit difficult, right? So we gave out numbers for each of the f- original 215. Okay. And what I said was anybody that still wanted to add to that could, but you're beating for 215 plus. Mm-hmm. So your number is 215 plus yeah. because there are still babies to be found and we keep getting the news. Yeah. And it's like the whole project has more purpose with that. God knows what's going to happen when they find the Ganyagahaga babies. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we can be a force sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just something that I feel like I want it to, to do to help people cope with it. Mm hmm. That's that's the thing. How do I deal with like this heaviness and how are other people feeling? How can I help them? So that's kind of where it kind of came in. And people are asking, well, is there a pattern? No, each child is individual. Yeah. So bead from your heart. Yeah. Even if it's a few beads, it doesn't have to be spectacular. No. And we've already received, I think, seven pairs at this point. Cool. The deadlines in September were in July. So I think this is a great start. But let me tell you, opening each one is not nice. Oh, um, It's not nice, but at the same time, it's meaningful. Yes. So you're seeing the size of the shoes. That's hard. Thinking about who would wear them, mm-hmm. you know. So I have them in a spot safely right now, but okay. I don't know what's going to happen when there's so many of them. So. And they're coming. They're coming home. They're coming. They're coming home. Yeah. And um, one thing that I really liked when you you put the message out um, was to to make sure that as you're doing this project and when you're doing any projects, <laughs> you know, to keep a, a good mind, to keep a clear mind to if you need to, to to burn sage or different mm-hmm. things, you know, and and make sure that you're putting good energies into this. Mm-hmm. And that's as much for the project, if not just even for the people who are doing it. Because like you said, you know, it's we need to to heal together. It's, you know, with trauma and intergenerational trauma, mm-hmm. being in a clear mind is so important. And being, being in mindful, a good, mindful, being in a good space. You don't want to do anything that's going to affect that or trigger something, you know. So my goal is not to like have people uprise and like tear stuff down oh goodness no no it's for them to heal together Mm -hmm. and also to show people on the outside and teach them yeah you know if this project gets out there nationally or worldwide whatever it may be the message is getting out there the education is getting out there people are going to find out right so how can we do that in a positive way Mm -hmm. because we know in past like in the United States, when George Floyd died or mm. was murdered, people were so angry. They were, you know, tearing stuff down and with with reason, like yeah. I felt like I wanted to tear stuff down when I first <laughs> heard about things, you know. So how do we step back and say, like, what can I do to make a difference in yep. the world that we're living? So and so now all these things are being mailed in and and. What I really like too, and you know, we kind of talked about going through COVID and now you're reaching people all over the place who are are mailing in these moccasins. And it's very cool to see how your business has been able to thrive with the in-store and the online and reaching, like you said, right now, over 14,000 people. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. Yeah. Like, 
that's amazing. Um, so how have you found that as an entrepreneur, putting those two worlds together? I think, you know, in the beginning of the reach of everybody coming in, providing for people that needed doing projects, like I felt like I had to give back for mm-hmm. all the support I was getting in my business. Like mm-hmm. it was only right that I was doing something for other people mm-hmm. because I want to be a successful business, but I don't want to be greedy. Okay. I think that's really important for me as a business person. Like, yes, I would love to be so successful, but my ultimate goal is not to be a millionaire. No, it's to put food on the table for my family. Yep. Provide and also provide a positive outlet for other people. Yeah. I mean, you you before COVID, obviously, you were leading uh, after school programming even mm-hmm. for young beaters mm-hmm. to come in and learn how to do stuff. And- My itty bitty beaters. I miss <laughs> them so much. Yeah. Um, and they would come in and if they didn't feel like beating, they did not have to bead. Yeah. You know, it wasn't about that. They came together. We would have snacks. We would go outside and play like, I don't even remember their games because their games are so different. <laughs> You know, they would, we would put on a a movie, they would talk about their day. Nice. Um, And I would teach them because there was times when some of them wanted to start gossiping, right? And I'd be like, we don't do that here. Way to go. You know, if if somebody's not here to defend themselves, you don't talk about them. Yeah. Unless you can say it to them, to their face. So I had to kind of nip that because being girls, right? <laughs> it can be hard. Oh, for sure. So we kind of, and then also some of the younger ones, it's like, I had to sit them, sit them down and be like, you are going to poke your finger. <laughs> it's okay. There will be blood. It's okay. You may want to cry. That's okay. If you need to take a minute, you can go in the bathroom and give yourself a minute. Mm-hmm. But just remember, you're a Nguyenhuay woman. You're tough, you know? <laughs> and they were like... And these girls were going and they'd prick their finger and you'd see them and they were like, oh, you know, (laughs) so it was, um, but COVID happened. And so I didn't have them in there anymore. I didn't have classes anymore. Um, I opted out of zoom classes okay, because for me being together, the energies was like really important to me. Yeah. And I just thought that I wasn't going to get that from going online Hmm. and with all my online orders and that it was like a whole Another thing that would have to be done, you know? Yeah. I think I had one um, Zoom bingo. (laughs) And that was enough. (laughs) That was rough because, uh, you know, trying to figure out how it would work and very hands-on. So I said, I would only do classes again when I can have people in the store. Cool. So now you're looking forward to not just that, but like, are you looking forward to getting back out on the powwow trail? <laughs> like this is prime powwow season. We're sitting in July in Ganawage. <laughs> you're supposed to be on the trail right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that is one thing that kills me. I also miss the people that I see every year, mm-hmm. but I usually plan about two months in advance where I'm going to go, how I'm going to set up cool. so that everything is in bins that I need and I can grab and go each weekend because the store is starting to get full now. Right. So I have to decide what I'm bringing, what I'm not, if I'm ordering second sets of things, you know, to bring with me, Okay, I have to plan. And then all the powwows canceled. So I was like, okay, so I'm not going to plan. And then I hear there's going to be a powwow this weekend somewhere else. And there's some markets and I'm like, you know what? I'm just not going to, because I didn't plan for it and I need to be very organized when I'm out. Yeah. You, you don't know? just want to go by the seat of your pants. You want to make sure you're delivering no, a good yeah. 
product and a good display. Yeah, and because all that everybody kind of stuff. knows like I have lineups in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but every year I would have like a release of beadwork, right? Oh, I know. I follow the Facebook page <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, look so at these earrings. I would set up Saturday morning. We would go about eight o'clock, eight thirty, and there would be people waiting. And they would wait until I was finished setting up. The gate wasn't even <laughs> open yet. And there was people on site waiting. Yeah. And I love that because they came back every year. It was like the support was was out there. But I just, you know, I missed that. And I didn't want to not have that. I wanted to be mm. able to create for when the time comes. Yeah. And I didn't want to rush it. No, for sure. Definitely looking forward to getting back into like... Do you have one of those like post COVID now seeing what worked and what didn't work? Is there anything that you're kind of leaving by the wayside in your business to say like, you know what? I don't need to take on that anymore. I'm just going to focus on. I don't know. Yeah. I think, you know, we still get our orders. Yeah. The hard part is because I have a personal like social media. Yep. I have my business Facebook. I have my business Instagram. I have a personal <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> I have the COVID challenge Instagram. Oh my God. Um, I have a TikTok now, which doesn't have much. I have a summer student who's going to be working on that. Cool. See, so now, my, this is all my the email. new age stuff. Yeah, and I have my email. So people are like, can you message me when you have this? I'm like, no, I have too many people to get back to. I can't. Can you like just turn your notifications on and we'll post when we have because it's a little ridiculous now. I don't even know where to look. Yeah. Where did this person message me from? <laughs> you know, and I mean, I have a notebook in that, but sometimes like I'm out. So I'm like, oh, I have to. There's just too many inboxes. There's yeah. too much. So, I mean, I have people who help me. My mother's a great help. She, If I ask her, she'll come by and she'll help me. And I mean, my mom has a hard time walking. Okay. But if I ask her, she will come in and she does exactly what I need her to do when I do it. So, you know, nice. but I have a summer student this uh, summer and she's in her second week and she's been learning as she goes. Cool. I said, inventory is not fun. So <laughs> just be aware. And she, we got a lot of inventory this week. And she's like, oh my God. <laughs> You're right. This What's was not this? fun. What is this now? <laughs> I don't know what I ordered this time. It is what it is, but I don't know if I would change anything. I cool. think... Growing slowly is really a good way. Because when I first opened, I didn't have as much stuff as I did now. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't want to grow so fast because it's not a smart move to invest everything that you have. Because there's lulls, right, in business. When it first got hot out, it was really quiet. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, there's no powwows. It's so quiet. And then all of a sudden I was like, Wee -wee -wee. <laughs> you know, the doors open. So I'm getting people coming from out of town again. We get a lot of like city natives who come in. Oh my gosh, I just got the meme flashing through my head of like <laughs> city natives. <laughs> yeah, no, but we guys. get a lot of people who uh, go to Montreal too for doctor's appointments. Okay. From up north who will stop in. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it just depends how it is. But usually when it first starts getting sunny out and people have been inside, they don't want to be beating. Yeah. Then they have to get back to reality because a lot of people put food on their table that way. So... And I think it's great because they say, if you know how to make things with your hands, you'll never be hungry. Right. <laughs> so that's, I think it's amazing that all these children have some great moms and dads to look up to. Oh, yeah. And so um, now, like we, we've talked about what could be the future, maybe for your business, what kind of stuff you're looking forward to moving on. Do you have any advice for 
business owners or people who are thinking about becoming entrepreneurs to make it in this like post COVID digital age? Cause you're, you're my, my like beacon for <laughs> digital and in store, you know, like you've mastered them both and you've married them very well. I don't know if I've mastered them. I've just tried to organize myself in a way that I'm able to continue to do it. Mm-hmm. But what I say is ask for help when you need it. Mm. Use the resources that are put out there from your community, especially in Kahnawake. We have Dewudunizakta who have, you know, people who are there to help you when you need it. But get help. Get Surround yourself with people who support you and take time for yourself when you need to. Mm. You don't have to go all in all at once and give your whole self up and forget about because, you know, that's where you're going to end up in trouble. Yeah. Don't get it's lost very important. in it. Don't get lost in it. Take time for yourself when you need to. Like... Right now, I don't work on the weekends. Good for you. Girl, I'm home with my kids. We do things. <laughs> That's so important to me. When I was doing classes, I was at the store from 9 a.m. until 9 p.m. Wow. But I always made sure that I went home for supper. Good. That way, the kids were seeing me. Yeah. We were eating together, and then I would go back home. But I was also getting home at 9 still. And when I worked in a bar... You would not see me at nine o'clock. I was going to bed with my whole family. Like that's such a positive, you know, it's great. Those are some positive things. Cool. Make sure you have balance. Yeah. Balance is so important. Mm -hmm. And know that if you're feeling a certain way, you're not the only one. So don't be afraid to talk to people. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jess. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I'm Abigail Jacobs with your USA Profiles. Yuri Wase would like to thank the Community Media Strategic Support Fund for supporting this initiative.